0: We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine with NFL Network. NFL.com's Bucky Brooks. This is your time of year. I looked at your latest mock draft. You have the New York Jets at number four overall, taking Icky Iquano out of NC State. What do Jets fans have to
1: know about the big lineman? You know, look, Icky Iquano is a guy that when you watch him on tape, he is a mauler brawler type at the offensive line, meaning he absolutely mauls and destroys guys on the edges. He's a very natural athlete. Uh, he's a very, um, I would say, explosive space player. Now, when he finishes, he finishes guy with aggression and violence and all of those things. I would say very similar to my guy in terms of he's not necessarily technically refined, but what he is is a specimen on the edges. And depending upon... What you have in terms of coach, man, you talk about a guy who can be a very, very dominant player for a long time on the edge. Do
0: you view him more as a tackle on the pro level more than guard?
1: Yeah, I think he's a tackle. I think he's a tackle. And I think um, as you are building it out, I think if you put him on the right side to go with uh, beckton on the left, I think you have the opportunity to solidify your edges and not only solidify, but have more attitude at the point of attack. Um, this is a game where we're seeing when teams are able to kind of impose their will, they are able to dictate the terms. And so in the running game, you know, based on how the Jets ideally want to play, I think this guy can move well enough to do all those things.
0: Do you think once we get to draft weekend, it's going to end up being in some kind of order? Evan Neal from Alabama and Aiden Hutchinson want to?
1: Potentially, you know, but I, I think the main thing is like no one really knows like with the Jags, like where they're going to go in terms of are they going to go with the pass rusher? Are they going to go with the offensive tackle? And then with the offensive tackle class, the interesting part of that is those guys may be mixed up a little bit because as much as I talk about Evan Neal and then we talk about Icky, Hmm. there's a lot of love for like Charles Cross and what Cross can bring because he's probably a more natural and maybe a pure offensive tackle that is great in pass protection. What
0: about at number 10 overall in your latest mock? You have the Jets going receiver with Garrett Wilson at Ohio State. How do you separate the top of this group at the receiver position?
1: A lot of it is like going to the ice cream shop and determining what 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 flavor do you like. What do you want at that position? Do you want a big physical guy? Because when you think about the receivers that could have that, that would be a Drake London, a Traylon Burks. Do you want a natural route runner um, that takes you into the category of where you get to Garrett Wilson and mm-hmm. Chris Olave and David bill and John Dotson and those guys. And so it really depends on being able to identify what it is that you feel like you need and who fits that criteria, but it's not just hey, we can just rank them from one to 10 and say, Hey, these guys, universally throughout the league would be the top 10 receivers it's it's a little bit of a hodgepodge because it's a nuanced situation
0: interesting words from Robert Sala today he talked about premium positions at the top of the draft where you're typically talking about quarterback cornerback edge rusher but he said you don't rule out positions and he mentioned the word unicorns Mm -hmm. if there is a guy at a certain position say like a safety Mm. who is so much better, is the best player on your board. You certainly consider that.
1: Yeah, you can't consider that. So I'm, I'm thinking you're probably referencing Kyle Hamilton in this year's draft. I think the thing about Kyle Hamilton, when we think about what he brings to the table, he's an outstanding safety. I think he's more of a pure center field safety than, let's just say, like Jamal Adams, who was taken at the top of the board. Jamal was a guy that was a bit of a unicorn in terms of his ability to play down in the box. He could blitz off the edge. He could play the run. Might not be necessarily the playmaker against the passing game. Kyle Hamilton is more of a passing game playmaker, a guy who has outstanding instincts and awareness, more of a center fielder. Yes, he can drop down in box, and he can make plays and those things, not the blitzer that Jamal was. So depending upon how you're building your defense out, he certainly can be a very valuable commodity for the Jets as a center fielder player. Bucky, where is the depth? best when we get
0: to the second round because the jets are in such a unique position with the four picks in the top 38
1: here man so it's it's really like you talk about the marquee positions except quarterback so if you think about international football league you normally build your team around like passers pass rushers playmakers mm-hmm. so you have plenty of pass rushers in this draft like this draft is deep and loaded with those guys you have plenty of pass protectors in terms of your offensive tackles. We've talked about some of those guys at the top. You have plenty of playmakers in terms of being able to catch the ball to make it happen at wide receiver and even at tight end. Mm. And so you think about those first two rounds. If I'm the Jets, ideally you want to you want to fix the offensive line. You want to get another weapon uh, on the perimeter. And then you want to find hey, who are the impact players that can come and give us a jolt offensively or defensively. Do you think teams are going to be calling Joe Douglas interested
0: in getting up more so probably at that 10 slot than four? Uh, I mean, I think there'll be some
1: some interest. A lot of it, though, you know, a lot of times the trays are driven by the quarterback. Yeah. And I don't know if there's that much intrigue about the quarterback. People will talk about Kenny Pickett, people will talk about Malik Willis and and, and those guys, but how much interest is there in getting a quarterback? How many people are clamoring to get those guys? The trade market is driven by someone trying to move up to get their franchise guy, not typically the other way around. So I think he'll get some phone calls. I don't know how frantic or how crazy it will be in terms of people trying to move up to those spots.
0: What did you make uh, Zach Wilson last year, the number two overall selection in the draft? Had some tough moments early, finished the year five consecutive games without an interception, so he started protecting the football. And we saw the spurts and athleticism mm. and he making those plays off script. But I also thought he got better in the pocket.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he got better. I think what, what what happens now is we're in such a microwave evaluation mode when it comes to the quarterbacks that we don't really give them a full chance to kind of figure out the game. Mm. The NFL game is hard, and it's hard for quarterbacks. A lot of moving pieces, you got – pass rush coming at you You got to set the protections and stuff depending on where you anticipate the blitz coming from then after the snap the blitz comes from a different place and they're moving Mm -hmm. i think zach wilson had what most rookies have some ups and downs but i felt like at the end of the year you begin to see him settle in because the game slowed down and he started to make more plays and if you're the jets you hope that you can put him in a situation where he doesn't have to do a whole lot of thinking It's very clean and defined for him and then you can see him play into his arm talent.
0: What do you think of that 2021 draft class overall? You can go both sides of the ball, but since we're talking about offense, Joe Douglas moves up from 23 to 14. He gets Elijah Vera Tucker, who looks like a pro Bowl, all-pro type player. He gets Elijah Moore at the top of the second round. That comes back in the fourth round, gets Michael Carter, ends up leading the Jets in rushing.
1: I mean, it's been a solid class, and I think the returns have been really, really, really impressive uh, thus far. I think we look at how they want to build this team offensively. They tried. Elijah Moore is a guy who's a very talented pass catcher. uh, To see him back in the mix for a full season should help Zach Wilson get comfortable. Uh, Michael Carter flashed, had some success on the ground and as a pass catcher. So that gives him a chance. And then Elijah Vera Tucker quietly had an outstanding season, can dominate on the inside and in in, in the trenches. And so when I I think about this team and I think about the ability to take the next the next step is about those guys maturing and then adding a couple of blue-chip pieces around
0: them. What do you think of the tight end position in this class? People talking about the depth. We saw Trey McBride work with the Jets staff, Donnamobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, Another kid who actually played on American squad, of course, Isaiah Likely.
1: Yeah, no, the tight end class is, is really solid. I would say not necessarily first round down solid, but second, third round, a lot of quality pass catchers and playmakers. The middle of the field is so important for a young quarterback is because it's the easiest throw. And if you can throw it right down the middle, it just changes the game. It makes people pack in there. So then you get more one-on-one out of the outside. You talked about it. Like there are plenty of pass catchers that can make it happen. But if I'm the Jets and I'm thinking down the line, keep an eye on Jelani Woods okay. from UVA. He's a big physical kid, really dominated the East West Shrine game. He could be one to kind of draw surprising interest.
0: I like that. That could be a diamond and the rough down the line. He's a real long kid, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's super long. Yeah. I mean, like super long, very athletic, um, just really expands the strike zone. And so for a young quarterback, you want guys that can expand the strike zone because, it, it look, it allows them to, to play and play well being imperfect. So that gives them a chance.
0: What's a good scenario for the Jets entering uh, day two of the draft? We'll see how the board falls. But just looking at it, what you know, how much study you've done here uh, with those picks early on in day two?
1: One, you can't miss on the picks. You just have to hit doubles. Yeah. Can't get caught up in trying to hit a home run because then you might strike out. So what you want are some solid character guys. They have good talent, talent that you can put on the field and you can trust that they're going to be reliably available to compete. Um, I just believe you have to make it. A priority to upgrade the things around the quarterback. Yeah. So, getting a real, legitimate number one, not someone that's like, oh, we'll elevate him. He was number two, but he's really number one. Like, no, a legitimate guy that looks like he can be a number one. I think you have to worry about that. You also have to worry can you find someone at tight end that can not only be a standout block in the run game, but it can also be a legitimate threat down the middle? As you're morphing, into this run based team that wants to do all of this zone run action and this, you got to be able to have counters, bootlegs and those things. So to me, those are the things that you have to keep an eye on.
0: And lastly, I just wanted to ask you about the defensive side of the ball. Jets hoping they get Carl Lawson back healthy. I mean, he was the best player on the field last summer before mm-hmm. going down with the Achilles injury and he changed the dynamic off the edge, but um, obviously they got to make a lot of improvements there. Uh, as far as draft is concerned, who are you looking at if you're the Jets? Who are you taking a long look at? Because I know you want to add those pieces around Wilson, but
1: on the other side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, I mean, I think you got to continue to look to add pass rushers because you have to have someone. You want Carl Lawson to come back and you hope that his recovery is on track and he's able to you know, kind of be the guy that you expect him to be, but you need to have somebody else in place. you got to have multiple pass rushers to be able to win the game consistently in the National Football League. So I'm really trying to attack that area. And if I can't, and like, and there's so many blended guys because you have a 4 3 team, a yeah. 3 4 team, and, and those things, but you got to walk away with a pass rusher or two in this draft hall. And your favorite three? <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. So my favorite three right now um, Aiden Hutchinson, Escavon Thibodeau, and then I have George Kaloptis. Kaloptis from Purdue is a kid, is very productive, high motor high-energy kid, he's going to be there. At Tibbetts, though, he's a very talented freak athlete coming off the edge, can bend and burst. And then Aiden Hutchinson is a mix of that freak athlete with a technically sound player. Um, They're graded closely, but ultimately, man, it'll come down to walking you through these guys and understanding exactly who they are um, to make sure they're good fit. Bucky, uh, very gracious with your time. You're making the rounds here at the Combine. We appreciate it as always. Hey, thanks so much for having me.
2: Winbet is now live in New Jersey and they're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free 500 dollars sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit WYNNbet.com to start winning. Winbet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at Winbet.com. Must be twenty one or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 270 Zero seven one one seven. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a
0: team sport, but together, win bet Eric Allen joined here at the Indianapolis NFL Scouting Combine by former Jets beat writer Judy Batista,
3: who is dressed for the occasion. Thank you for wearing green today. I know. I feel like I should have color appropriate blazers for all the teams, uh, but uh, only only the Jets.
0: So on NFL Network doesn't mind that you wearing green out there.
3: No, they didn't mention it. Only It's only when I get around Jets people that they're like, hey, you got a green jacket? And I'm like, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> How good does it feel to be back to, I want I don't want to say normal. We're still living amidst the pandemic, but we're all together here so at the Scouting better. Combine again. It's
3: so much better. Like, uh, yes, virtual combine last mm. year was just brutal. And, I mean, it's just, it's great to see people You get to talk to people again. And yeah. It, look it'll be good to get to see the prospects in person yeah. too so it's it's great
0: so one of the things that I like to do annually is visit with you at the NFL's owners meetings mm-hmm. that is happening next month well I guess we are in March so later this A few month weeks. Yeah. down in Florida what's on tap in terms of rule proposals and maybe some changes
3: Uh, So I think the big one that everybody is really interested in is overtime, whether they're going to change overtime after, you know, we saw some overtime games in the playoffs that were thrilling, but maybe didn't, um, weren't fully satisfying to some people. So I think that's a big conversation, whether you change overtime to guarantee each team a possession. Um, There is a proposal from the Indianapolis Colts to change overtime. That would be for the regular season and the postseason. Okay right now i I, it's hard to get a read on how um where the sentiment is i i think there's really mixed feelings about changing over time i'm not sure there's any sentiment for changing it during the regular season at all because it's a pretty even split statistically like if you win the coin flip in the regular season you're you're not necessarily going to win the game right and the argument for changing it in the postseason is that you almost always have the best quarterbacks playing in the postseason and so you know, if the Packers win the coin flip and you put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands, he's probably going to lead you to a touchdown and the game's going to be over. Um, And that's what we saw. You know, we saw Patrick Mahomes do that to the bills. I do think what has lowered the temperature on this conversation is what happened the week after that, when the chiefs won the coin toss in the AFC championship game and the Bengals stopped them and they got the ball. And then Joe Burrow went down and won the game. So I think if the, I think if the Chiefs had won the coin flip and won that game, won the conference championship game, done it two weeks in a row, I think the conversation would have been over and like overtime would be getting changed. Where do
0: you stand on this issue? What do you think? I
3: have mixed feelings. Like I, I like the sudden death feel and, and I, you know, and I feel like you've just played a 60 minute game. Like at any point you could stop. I mean, the Bill's chiefs game was one of the great games we've ever seen. Right. I mean, it was just dazzling quarterback play but all the Bills had to do was hold for 13 seconds and you're not going to overtime. Right. They're winning the game in regulation. And, and then of course you can, you could play defense and in overtime, I know the defenses are exhausted, but um, I, I feel to me, there's a part of me that feels like if, if you guarantee the offenses, each offenses touch the ball, you're, you're sort of minimizing the importance of the defense. And that's I I don't think you should be doing that.
0: I, to- I totally agree with yeah. that. I, I, we'll I don't see. understand. I feel like this happens every couple of years. Yes. What uh, We saw the Chiefs play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game Same not, thing, not right? too long ago. Right. Patriots get the ball. Right. They win. We don't win see game. Mahomes out there. Right. So this time the Chiefs win the coin toss. Obviously, Mahomes keeps Josh Allen on the bench. I, I don't know. What right. Do you feel like we're more likely to have a change that, is playoff only, or do you think the rule can, is going to be regular season and playoff?
3: I, the, the, the owners I've talked to who are at least thinking about voting in favor of a change to overtime are thinking about it only for postseason mm. for just that reason that, like, do you want a, a, you know, the season decided by, you know, the fact by the coin flip, right? Um, they, they, they don't want to change it for, for regular season because the regular season is much more evenly divided. Um, But uh, it's hard to get a read on how they feel generally. Like I'm I'm not sure there's a ton of enthusiasm right now. I think a big part of it is going to be what kind of proposal emerges from the competition committee. Does the competition committee put its weight behind it? Like, do they say we really think we should change overtime? I'm not sure about that. Um, Does this
0: happen if bills, chiefs and chiefs, Brown, uh not Chiefs Browns Chiefs Bengals excuse me don't happen in consecutive weeks
3: I don't think so no this comes up every few years overtime like teams make proposals about changing overtime all the time and it sort of dies on the vine I don't think there would really be a serious conversation if we just didn't see these two tremendous playoff games decided in overtime and like I said I think if the AFC championship game had been won by the Chiefs you know without joe burrow ever touching the ball then i think you really would have seen right. a push um but i, I don't know i, I it, it was brought to my attention that some of the coaches who are on the competition committee now are defensive coaches mike frable mike tomlin and their feeling i'm sure is going to be like hey play defense like yeah. you shouldn't discount defense this much so we'll see and, and and even if the competition committee endorses a rule change getting 24 votes for anything in the NFL is hard, like you can't 24 get, out of 32. Getting you're talking 24 about 24 <laughs> owners to agree on like what day of the week it is is difficult, right. so like it's a high bar to clear to change a rule.
0: Player safety, uh, we've seen some changes over the years. Special teams obviously having a direct impact. Do you think that could continue here?
3: Yeah, the punt is going to be looked at and I think is going to be changed um, in some probably fairly significant way because their own injury data shows a disproportionate number of concussions happening on the punt. So once once you hear that data, you know some change is coming. Four years ago, this happened with kickoffs, same thing, right. disproportionate number of concussions, and they changed the kickoff rules, right? They incentivized basically not returning the kickoff, right? Um, it's, a, it's trickier on on punts. Right. I mean, you just, because what are you
0: actually going to change? What are
3: you going (laughs) to change? So I, the idea, and they don't have the answer, by the way, the league office doesn't know what to do either. So they are going to bring special teams coaches together during the off season and basically say like, we need to come up with something. Like we've got to, you know, figure out how to do this. They do not want to eliminate the punt from the game. They don't want to eliminate kicking from the game, but they've got to figure out a way to make it safer. Yeah. Anytime,
0: anytime you talk about player safety, um, yeah. Anytime you talk about limiting concussions, it's going to happen. It's going Something's to happen
3: gonna, like this. They cannot go into next season without making a change.
0: We talked about the playoffs a little bit in regards to overtime. What did you make of the playoffs and the changing landscape in the National Football League? Because I feel like a little bit the old adage in the NBA was everybody's going to make a run. It's going to be a close game at the end where the NFL playoffs. Every game we were watching was coming down the last three or four minutes.
3: Every game, there were games, you know, so I was on the road covering games and then I'd be in the hotel watching other games. And like, I'd be in the hotel room by myself screaming at the television. (laughs) Like I happened to be back in the room for the chiefs bills game. And like, I was literally standing in front of the television in the hotel room, like screaming. It was bananas. Um, They were amazing. I mean, you should only be so lucky to have playoff games like that happen every year. And I also thought it really showed, um, I mean, the AFC could not be more loaded at quarterback. I, like, it's got to be terrifying. If you don't think you have a quarterback, like, you better go find a quarterback because you have no shot in the AFC um, if you don't have the guy now. Because they they're loaded. It's it's remarkable.
0: Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, right. Josh Allen, he, Justin
3: he, Herbert, who wasn't even in the, the wasn't even in could, the mix. Yeah,
0: didn't even play in the postseason.
3: You know, Lamar. Yeah, you know, it was banged up. You would
0: figure that they'll they're going to be back,
3: right? So I I mean, there are so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. Mostly watching that Aaron Rodgers, like you just watch these guys, and you think like, man, if you don't have a quarterback, holy (laughs) cow.
0: You work for the NFL station. You work for NFL Network. What does that say about the parity in this league? It really feels like if you do have that position covered, and we do, it seems like we're living in an age where there are a lot of good young quarterbacks, then your team's going to have a chance.
3: Well, I mean, to me, the Bengals are, like, the greatest, like, if the league wants to give every team hope, like, you just point to the Cincinnati Bengals, right? A team that... Now they had playoff seasons when Marvin Lewis was the head coach, but I mean, they were scuffling there for a long time mm-hmm. and then, you know, they get the number one pick and it just so happens that Joe Burrow is the, is there that year. And I mean like, Whoa. Yeah. Right. Like, and then you, then you draft Jamar chase and you spend a little money in free agency to build up your defense and boom, you're in the super bowl. And I mean, I'm not saying everybody's going to be able to do that. Cause I, you know, I think Joe Burrow is probably a pretty rare dude. Oh, no, Yeah. But, that to me gives hope to what did you think of
0: a, what did you think of his wardrobe ensemble on, loved it uh, Super
3: Bowl I think day. we need more uh, personality in the NFL I love that I love that he's got a bit of an edge and okay. personality and like the wardrobe is great I love the sunglasses I love the whole thing he's tremendous tremendous fun
0: so you're speaking right to the Jets fans right there Judy when you're saying <laughs> hey the Cincinnati Bengals go from two to four and then obviously they're playing in the Super Bowl Listen, the Jets went from two wins to four wins in Robert Salas' first season. I think Jets fans, rightfully so, are thinking, hey, we got to make a jump this year. And I'm not saying they got to play in the Super Bowl, nor, the d- nor does anybody at home. But um, what do you think of the guy slinging the rock for the Jets now? Another young quarterback. Uh, had some bumps along the way. We expected that. Seemed to settle down down okay. the stretch very talented make plays inside outside the pocket off script uh he's got some electricity to his game what do you think of zach wilson
3: i liked him i especially like like you said down the stretch where i thought first of all i thought he showed some toughness and i think that's important you're going to take lumps in the nfl even if you're on a really really good team that's winning playoff games like there are going to be bumps every year there were bumps for tom brady every year you have to be able to sustain them and i thought he was He's a little bit of a tough guy, and that's good. Um Like what the Bengals did, like you've got to put, like no matter how good a quarterback is, like you've got to put pieces around him, a lot of pieces around him, right? And so I think that's the next step for the Jets, right, is can you, can you protect him? Nope. No, most importantly, can you protect him? That's number one. And then can you put enough weapons around him? Can you build up the defense so that it's not all going to be on the quarterback every week? Cause that's a big load for any quarterback to handle. Um, but I, I, you know, I think he's got a little bit of the it factor. You, you just have to see if, if he can do it week in and week out and that's tough. And look, Joe Burrow, the Joe Burrow you saw at the end of the season was not the Joe Burrow who was playing early in the season. And he said it himself, he was coming off a knee injury He was not moving the same way Mm -hmm. my players develop, um, you know, and, and I think, look, I think we knew Zach Wilson was a young quarterback that had to be formed a little bit. Um, And so now we'll see if he makes the big jump in the second year. But, uh, but again, I think if they put pieces around him, I think the team can make a jump.
0: How unique is this landscape for a young quarterback, a a kid who came out after his junior year at BYU, you covered this team. Uh, New York is different. It is totally different. different than anything. And this fan base, I get back to them all the time, but rightfully so. It's been 11 years since this team's made the postseason. Yes. So pressure, uh, right. you got it.
3: Right, right. I Yes, there's no question. I mean, it's tough and it would be tough for anybody. I think it's a tough landscape. like. Listen, Mark Sanchez, when he came to the Jets, right now he went to a big school yes. in a huge media market. He was used to media attention. It's tough. It's tough for everybody, um, you know. Uh, but I, but I think he, I, I think Zach handled that element of it well. Like I think he was, I think he is smart enough to know what what it, what it is, and he maybe is. Young enough, he's like you know doesn't know what he doesn't know, right. and that's good, you know. It's
0: also huge, don't you think that he's really going to have a true off season? You're yes. talking about a, a kid who come out of school last year and then has to prepare for the draft and do the pro days and go through that whole process before you're coming in there, learning a new system. And now you have your feet underneath you.
3: And he was also learning a new system with a, with a brand new head coach. And that's different too. Like head coaches will tell you that they learn stuff after that. I can remember Herm Edwards when he was at the Jets saying like, when you're a rookie head coach, like you can't imagine all the stuff that crosses your desk. And so I think everybody will feel more relaxed and more familiar. It'll be a normal off season. You won't have COVID stuff. You know, you'll have a normal altogether off season. And I think that helps everybody.
0: What's your thoughts on Robert Sala? You just talked about a new head coach Uh, first year. um, He's talking about building a culture. Mm -hmm. Players really gravitate towards him. There's, you know, sometimes people come in and they say, Hey, we're trying to create a new culture. Like this guy has it in terms of, his reach to the players.
3: I agree. I, I mean, look. Obviously, I'm not in the locker room with him, but I mean, I like him. Uh, yeah. You know, I think he's likable, and I think he's the kind of guy you gravitate to. Like, I think even media, like, right, you go to somebody like that. Um, look, I again, he he's a first time head coach, and I think the I think we will see a much different kind of coach. I think he'll be different in game management, mm-hmm. in game management. I think they just learned so much after that first year, no matter how prepared they think they are to become a head coach. Like it's always more overwhelming than they could ever have imagined. And so now he'll be, I think he'll be a better head coach in year two.
0: Do you think the timeline should really be, uh, this is really Joe Douglas, Robert Sala together year two, because this is Joe Douglas's third draft. He comes in, he gets hired. He gets hired in June. Yes, it was yeah. strange, right. He's got strange a different coach life. at the time.
3: Of course, yeah, much different. I th- I mean, you can't wipe that year no, away. no. But it, that was a strange period. He came in late. Yes. You know, he had a coach that he hadn't hired. Now these two are together. I think this is where you start to see, right, hopefully they have the mind meld, that yes. they know exactly what they like together. And again, I think if they feel confident that they've got the right guy, a quarterback, now you see them start to build, and they've got tons of capital to do it with. So now you start to put the pieces around and I'm not saying they're going to make a Cinderella like run to the Super Bowl, no, but, but I not. do think you can, you know, you sort of see the building. Process. You, you have
0: the flexibility and, and you have mm-hmm. the capital. We're talking about under 50 million under the cap right now, right around there. That's the estimation. Now, if you keep the number four and number 10 overall selections, you probably right. take about 10 or 11 million off of that starting. Right. But with that being said, you still can resign some of your eighteen unrestricted free agents who have contracts expiring in March, and you can be players in free agency. Although I would assume the Jets at this point where they're at right. is you're right. looking for value. value. Yes,
3: I think you're looking for value, and I also think you're are you looking to make the splash signing? Probably not. Mm. You're looking to make like smart, like you know the the meat and potatoes of your roster kinds of signings, right? Like you need linemen. Like I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like, you're not going to go after like, you know, if Devonte Adams ever hit the open market, which I don't think he is. I don't <laughs> think there's any chance that would ever happen, but like, you're probably, you're probably not going to make that kind of signing, but you're going to go make that sort of guts of the roster um, kinds of signings. You know, those guys that, that, you know, those are the, you know, right? the, the blue collar guys yeah. who really make your team.
0: How about New York being the epicenter of the 2022 Amazing. NFL draft? The Jets have four picks in the top 38. The Northeast
3: 38. Card, right? Like Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia too. three like first crazy. round picks. Um, uh, it, the
0: Giants were right there at what? Right, are they five they and seven, right. I believe?
3: So, like, I mean, yes, it's crazy. The Northeast card rules the draft. If, if everybody keeps their pick, like, I'm interested to see what all the wheeling and dealing that goes on
0: yeah what do you think in, in terms everything's going to change i know that i'm not asking you yeah. hey the jets trading on of four or they trade out of ten or whatever things like that um do you think 10 could be a landing spot for teams trying to get in front of other teams to get that first quarterback i know this is this quarterback yeah. class probably right. not going to rival past quarterback classes but they typically go on the first round. Yes, they do.
3: <laughs> they always seem to get pushed up yes. for better or worse, sometimes for worse, but they do tend to get pushed up because teams are desperate. Um, I am really curious to see how far they get pushed up this year because certainly the early returns on it are not great right. for quarterbacks this year, and I do think so many teams need linemen, and if that's where the strength of this draft is, then – you know, what de- then do the teams hold on to their picks? Like, it, it strikes me that a lot of teams, because there's so many good young quarterbacks, a lot of teams need offensive line help, for example. You know, and so if that's yeah. if that's what you need, like, do you find that value? Do they think deeper in the draft so you trade back and accumulate picks? Interesting.
0: How about this with the Jets? Joe Douglas is taking offensive linemen in the first round in two consecutive drafts. If you go back to Makai back then, Elijah Vera Tucker had an outstanding rookie year. You could be poised to take another offensive lineman in either 4 and 10 if you stay there. But you just mentioned, too, the early talk of this draft class is it's got outstanding depth at the edge position. And Robert Sala cannot get enough guys who can rush the passer.
3: Right. So what are they? I mean, that would seem to line up well for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I know people feel like, you know, if it's not a quarterback driven draft, it's not a sexy draft. It's like, yeah, but these are the kinds of guys who make or break your team. Like if you don't have linemen on both sides of the ball, like, I mean, we've seen what happens, right? You're, you're but you're saying,
0: but Judy Batista is saying linemen and skill position players, because you got to load up around the quarterback.
3: You got to load up around the quarterback. Like, look at, I mean, again to the Bengals, like look at what Jamar Chase did for the, for Joe Doug- uh, for uh, for Joe Burrow, I mean, holy cow! You know they're not in the they're not in the Super Bowl if you don't have that marriage. It
0: it feels like not too long ago we were talking about what are the next steps after Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and now here we are. This is this seems like another Listen, golden age of quarterbacks is upon us.
3: There was legitimate <laughs> concern at the top levels of the league, like what happens when Brady and Peyton and Roethlisberger and Breeze, and, Breeze yeah. and you know eventually Aaron Rodgers what happens when those guys retire are those are the restores of the game oh my gosh and then i feel like well, i feel like it dissipated a little when patrick mahomes arrived yeah. but this year i feel like this really felt like the passing of the torch in part because Roethlisberger and brady retired breeze was already retired um uh, you know but then all of these young quarterbacks just completely blew up and are, uh, you know it's not just mahomes right i think I think we were waiting to see, well, who would challenge Mahomes, right? Like there had to be somebody to provide competition. And now we see there's plenty of guys to provide competition. There really
0: is plenty of competition. Mm -hmm. And hopefully uh, from a Jets fan perspective, Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson joins that mix. Should the San Francisco 49ers provide a model? If you're looking uh, from a Jets perspective, Robert Sala obviously came from Shanahan mm-hmm. of San Francisco mm-hmm. like is that the model what you want to be I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo but you're talking about a team who advanced to the Super Bowl a couple years ago at a 10-point mm-hmm. lead over they mm-hmm. four Patrick Mahomes and then this year
3: mm-hmm.
0: they had a fourth quarter so they had a fourth quarter lead over the Rams in the NFC championship game you're talking about a 49ers team who very nearly mm-hmm. has appeared in two of the past three
3: Super Bowls yes that's not bad I would take that um yeah. Yeah, just and, as far and, as system, it, you like what Lafleur, doing, what he's doing with well, Shanahan, and what they're I, and this is not a, <laughs> I, I like Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. but right like he's not Patrick Mahomes, no. right? Like he's not Joe Burrow, but they have so much else, right? They have the defense. Yep. I mean, obviously they have Debo Samuel, who's like this unicorn, but um, but yeah, I mean, if you could do that, they I think you'd take that at the Jets or any other team, and and it is not reliant on having. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. No. Or Joe Burrow.
0: No, no, no. I'm just saying is that you you look at Mm Salah and you look where he came from and you look at the offense Michael Fleur is running, and that Kyle Shanahan attack, the way they get after people in the run game, play action, Mm -hmm. the boots, and then it's all predicated as Salah continues to say impacting the quarterback yeah, right. with four-man rushes. And nobody does that better probably in the league right now than San Francisco in terms of the numbers.
3: Right. Do you have those guys? Well, Carl Lawson yes. Carl,
0: Carl would be right. piece one on the right. outside if he's right. healthy. Oh. And then right. you resign John Franklin Myers. You got Quentin Williams there in the middle. You do have some pieces yes. up front. And you do have pieces along the offensive line, to be honest with you.
3: And you've got capital. Yes, I so, like it. So, okay. We can get behind that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> An interesting off-season ahead. Uh, oh, yes. Judy, we will see you in a few weeks down in warmer uh, temperatures down there Florida. It's not that there, bad Florida. here
3: in Indianapolis today. Oh. It's like in the 60s. Uh, we can't complain about yeah, that. Yeah, but the
0: sun's dropping here soon. It's going to be cold.
3: Oh, my gosh. You are so spoiled. Are you kidding? Thank- like, this is the best weather we've had in Indianapolis ever. You're right. Like, Thanks, Judy. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs>